From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the new Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. Welcome to the program on this Monday morning. How are you doing out there? Hope everything is absolutely fantastic and that you are doing well and that you're still enjoying Jacaranda season. We still have the Jacarandas out uh, in full force and it's really beautiful uh, to see. So uh, uh, I hope that you're enjoying them as much as I am. What have we got lined up for the show? Well, we have some good stuff as usual. Uh, towards the end of the show, I'm happy to say Rob Hutchinson is coming back, uh, or at least he should be. He is our regular parliamentary correspondent with, uh, with a, uh, a view on what is going on in parliament and uh, bringing us his platform, Dear South Africa, which talks about all of the different things that are going on in Parliament and what you can do to be a part of that conversation. We also have our regular cultural correspondence on today. Uh, Alistair Anderson, he's going to be talking to us about what there is to do in Johannesburg, in and around. So uh, lots of interesting stuff that is going on there, and I'm definitely going to be looking forward to bringing you that. But uh, as has been the topic on a regular basis uh for the last month, uh, we start off our programming with looking at what is going on in the war. And I had a few good updates, actually, for the first time in a month, something that looks like a some positive news, I think, coming out of both the Middle East and South Africa, uh, which I wanted to highlight. And, of course, always, as we always do, uh, find ways that you can be part of the solution, because that is really what's, uh, what we're trying to do here on the show is find out some kind of uh, solution to what is going on. Uh, so to begin with, let us look at um, let us look at some of the changes that have happened over the last while. We've moved decisively since the last week that I was discussing with you from the air war into the ground war, and what it looks like at the moment is that. Israel has been quite cagey about how they're actually carrying out their military uh, planning. If you look at this compared to other wars that we've seen uh, with Gaza, there's a lot less television. There's a lot less uh, ability to get stuff off social media live uh, and, and, and trying to get action what's happening. <clears throat> and that seems to be a deliberate uh, a strategy on the side of the IDF to keep things out of the public eye. I'm assuming so that they can try and do things like hostage rescues um, and that sort of thing. So we only get some sense about what is going on. But it does seem to be that the strategy that the Israelis are adopting is to cut the Gaza Strip in half uh, and to get the civilians to go south so that they can be in a position to actually be out of harm's way in the Strip. And they focused much of their attention on Gaza City, uh, on top of which all of these tunnels exist uh, which are causing all of these issues uh, in terms of the fighters. Because if you're targeting Hamas, then you can really look at those tunnels. And uh, if you can stop the tunnels, you know, it's it's a really interesting 
uh, an important way to do this because uh, the the main focus has been, well, okay, we're just going to bomb everything in Gaza. But they've taken actually quite a conservative approach. Uh, they've targeted where there are militants. And I think that what they're going to try and do is cut off Gaza City from the civilians so that they can end up focusing on fighting Hamas. Not clear how much time they're going to get to do that. Uh, it's very hard to know. Uh, but that does seem to be the strategy. And there's a question about how much time before uh, America and the international community um, uh, will start to pressure Israel to uh, not disarm Hamas, which is a problem. Uh, as as usual, uh, the American administration still holding strong. There have been some issues with regards to uh, the, the the sort of left wing of the Democratic Party uh, being an issue. So uh, these things are still in flux. But so far, uh, very important that uh, Israel has an opportunity to uh, deal decisively with the Hamas threat. By the way, if you want to be part of the conversation, 34519 is the SMS line. Telegram 0618951019. That's 0618951019. So, so that's what seems to be on the battlefield front, best as we can tell so far. Let's look at the diplomatic arena. Two things happening over the weekend, which I thought were really important. The one on Friday afternoon, um, is the head of uh, Hezbollah, Nasrallah, uh, gave a widely uh, anticipated, if you like, uh, speech where he, he had been threatening to talk for days about what was going to happen. And certainly the consensus in Washington and amongst a lot of observers that he was going to use this speech as a pretext to begin the war against Israel from the north. And if that had happened, I think we would have been in a, a lot of trouble diplomatically. Uh, a lot of m more countries would have been involved. You would have seen the Americans potentially get involved, the Iranians in a hot war. Uh, who knows, even the Chinese deciding that this is a good time to take Taiwan. All of these things would have been a real issue. But in the end, Nasrallah proved himself to be something of a paper tiger, issuing lots of blood-curdling threats, lots of things to say that he doesn't like Israel and America and that he'll take them out. But in the end, he essentially said that he's sitting this one out. Now, I don't know how long that will last. This is the Middle East, and you never know when someone might do something stupid, uh, and that flips the switch. And certainly I can imagine that Hezbollah is going to continue to, to try and poke and prod. But the fact that they're not unleashing their 150,000 rocket arsenal, which includes many high impact munitions and guided missiles and whatnot, means that for the moment, the IDF is left with just the responsibility of dealing with Gaza and trying to uh, get rid of the, the threat that is Hamas. And that also means diplomatically, that this thing gets, uh, it doesn't become a multi-front war and, and a proper conflagration, uh, a regional fight in the Middle East. So that is important. It's important for us here in South Africa where the diplomatic offensive continues unabated. We saw over the weekend shocking, uh, a shocking element from SABC uh, on Thursday night, I think it was, where they actually brought the Hamas spokesperson on to SABC, uh, didn't do a very good job of uh, really doing their research, and at one point even bizarrely asked Hamas if they were holding any children uh, hostage in, uh, in, in Gaza, and he said, no, there's no children, and they didn't push back on that. So it's very disturbing that we're seeing this uh, from the SABC, 
and uh, something which definitely has to be taken up. There was a picket outside the SABC the next day trying to focus on what had happened. And uh, that is uh, something which needs to be addressed. On the good side of the ledger, there was two statements that came out of America as well. The one, or well, basically the same statement, uh, Senator Rich and Senator um, uh, Scott, both saying that they were concerned about the fact that uh, South Africa was hosting a goer. And this is the African Growth and Opportunities Act by which we get preferential trade with the Americans, and they were saying that we're very worried about the fact that South Africa is uh, supporting Russia and uh, Iran and Hamas. And I think if you're a South African government official, this is not what you want to hear, right? Uh, particularly Senator Scott is in the Republican race to potentially become the candidate. Not that I think anybody thinks uh, he will be, but nonetheless, that is what he's trying to do. And so... Uh, Having him drop this discussion about a goer, which we're trying to get renewed at the moment and is supposed to be renewed officially in 2025, uh, I don't think South African officials want this part of the discourse uh, at all when it comes to the American elections. So this will be an incentive, if it can get played properly uh, and, and focused on, to really try and uh, reduce the impact of of these kind of statements on the ability to renew Goa, and I think will encourage the South African government to start, uh, or if they're being rational about it anyway, to start reducing their uh, incendiary support for Iran and Hamas. So that is what one can certainly hope for, uh, and we will we will see it. In the meantime, it's up to all the rest of us to uh, keep up the pressure on the South African government, and one of the ways that you can do that is to attend the Bring Them Home, a picture is worth a thousand words protest. That is happening on Tuesday, the 7th of November. That's tomorrow at quarter past four in the afternoon. It's going to be a peaceful demonstration, uh, and the venue will be in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg. And uh, it's fully protected by CSO, but we're going to be getting out onto the streets, uh, and it's widely supported, the South African Zionist Federation, Chabad, Mizrahi, everyone is getting involved. Uh, and so if you want to register uh, to be there and really to say, keep the focus on the hostages, the South African hostages that we have out there, uh, it's really worth um, going on to. So if you go to the Zionist Federation website, sazf.org, and you'll see the Bring Them Home uh, banner there, and you'll be able to click register for the event. Uh, and let's make sure we get out there and, and focus on uh, getting the news out there that uh, there are still hostages that are kidnapped and that they need to be brought home. Uh, so that is one of the things that you can do to make sure that uh, we get somewhere with this and to keep raising our voices as a community to remind the government that they are on the wrong side of history when it comes to supporting these extremists. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is 101.9 High FM.